Inflation has cost us dearly in the last year. Each time you go, it costs you more and more. It'll be the worst weekend they've ever faced. Automobile freedom they take as their due. Gasoline shortages are spreading across. Hidden cost is to our sense of freedom. It's ridiculous. The gas prices are ridiculous. I don't care how much it costs. I just gotta get gas and gotta get to work. Not that it's gonna be hard for us to even go to work because the, the price is gonna be too much. But I have no other choice. Inflation is on the rise. Labor shortages are crippling our already struggling small businesses. Goods once easily accessible to you have vanished into never-ending lines of cargo containers and ships. Freedom in the marketplace, for one thing, some things we cannot get anymore. Supply chain shortages are hitting grocery stores on even the most basic of items. We are racing toward economic disaster toward an end of American exceptionalism, the American dream, the end of your ability to make anything of yourself with determination and hard work. And meanwhile, the Biden administration still wants to spend us into oblivion with trillions more dollars that will break our system, all the while, quote, reinventing capitalism. What's the big deal? But this disaster waiting to happen didn't start with Biden. No, 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 it started decades ago with the same institutions in power today, just maybe a little younger. Tonight, I take you back to the one event that explains entirely the mess we're in today. So what got us into this fix? Where did this new strain of inflation come from? And how our current leaders are about to make it much, much worse. Tonight, Inflation Nation, why America is hurtling toward economic collapse. Hello, America. Tonight, I want to talk to you about inflation, but in a different way than anyone will talk to you about it. They'll all say, well, they won't give you a reason. I don't know. It's temporary. I don't. It just fell from heaven, I guess, or from hell. No one will explain inflation. I'm going to try to explain it to you tonight. But more importantly, I'm going to show you why it's different than anything, anything we have ever faced before. I am right now more clear and focused than I uh, than I have been in a very long time. Quite honestly, it kind of scaring the crap out of me because this seems to happen to me right before something major. uh, And I become crystal, crystal clear. It's a good thing because I know the path out. I see what's really going on. Um, But. Usually people don't listen. Um, I said in 1999, we should take a man named Osama bin Laden seriously. I barely even knew how to pronounce his name. I just read his words. We didn't. And the consequences hit us. And we felt New York in the streets of that city, the very city where I made the prediction he would hit. In in clear, no uncertain terms in 2007, I knew that the banking crisis was coming. After talking to multiple people about what was happening with the Fed, the banks, the way we were making loans, our gold reserves, nothing seemed right to me. And everybody else, all the experts were like, that's crazy talk, we're fine. Then Lehman Brothers collapsed. I also felt the same way during the Arab Spring. I was the one who was mocked for the first time by saying the word caliphate. Yes, they mocked, they laughed, and then ISIS emerged. As you might have noticed, um, there's a pattern here, and the latest is the Great Reset. And I have never been more worried, and I have never been more clear than I am right now. I am also optimistic, strangely, at the same time, because I do believe that it can be stopped. But 
Tonight, you're going to see just the inflation problem that we're about to have. We are being set up. And they've shown us what they want to do in their own words. They have told us about the Great Reset. They have told us what Build Back Better is really all about. Quote, to build back better, we must reinvent capitalism. It's ludicrous. Capitalism uh, is not broken. It has just been corrupted by people in power. Capitalism works, and it's hands off on capitalism. It's the invisible hand of supply and demand, or Reagan used to call it the magic hand. But what it is not is an iron hand. That is fascism. Biden and his goons know this. They know that their little experiment, which I have dubbed 20th century, 21st century fascism, will bring significant pain. And they are ready for the calamity, or almost. Jerome Powell recently announced that climate stress tests are being looked at by the Fed. And how about the news that I didn't see anybody talking about here recently? The IMF and 10 countries, including the United States Treasury, conducted a simulation or a war game on what would happen in the event of a cyber cyber attack and a global financial system breakdown. One of the first things they had to do was get people like me to stop talking about it. You are going to see things um, that you have not seen before on a scale no human has seen before. Oh yeah, the economy is crashing, but it's due to that climate change and the cyber attacks. Uh Uh-huh, it wasn't anything we did. Uh Uh-huh, it was the weather and a couple pimple-faced dorks in the basement in Moscow. Uh Uh-huh. I told you last week during my Great Reset special that as the economy gets worse and nears collapse, The government will sweep in with what they say will save us, and it will be a digital dollar. Well, I told you that last week. The very next day, the Fed released their initial report on the possibility of a U.S. central bank digital currency. The day after that, reports began to come out that the Biden White House was now set to release their report on what they're planning for cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin. Here's the basic gist. There isn't going to be one. It will be the Fed or nothing. I have a feeling all this stuff not going to turn out to your advantage or mine. The U.S. government and the Fed want to be the monopoly, and things like Bitcoin are standing in their way. Your privacy is also standing in your way. Um, We are being primed for a major economic disaster. And as you will see tonight, I started talking about this before the pandemic And I didn't know what was wrong, but I saw the signs and said, something is wrong here. Couldn't get any answers. Tonight, I have them. Something big on the horizon. The numbers are staggering. Numbers that were sealed from the American people for 10 years, thanks to a FOIA request, have just been released. You will see them tonight. What is it that the Fed said was too damaging to show the American people 10 years ago? And what does it mean for our future? Let me, let me just go back a year ago to show you how fast things are changing. A year ago, we marked Biden's, uh, or just last week, we marked Biden's first year in office. So I want to show you the numbers from A year ago, when Biden was given keys to the Oval Office, January 2021, this is where we stood. 
Gas was $2.50 per gallon. 30-year mortgage interest rates were at 2.95. Third quarter GDP growth was 33.1%, and the inflation rate was 1.4. Now, I'm going to skip foreign policy and COVID, even though they've been equally disastrous, but I want to show you those numbers exactly one year later. Gas is now $3.32 a gallon. A 30-year mortgage interest rate has now risen to 4.06%. Third quarter GDP, the growth predicted to be 2.3%. That is a 30% swing. And inflation is no longer in the ones. It's 7% and still rising. These are the first 12 months of numbers, and we are in a very concerning decline. Now, I want you to think about this. The numbers from a year ago were, were measured during a time when the country was still in some sort of lockdown. Now, we're still trying to open everywhere else, even though the world is opening, but the economy seems to be getting worse. We've thrown this car into reverse. How did that happen? Look at this number. Last week, jobless claims rose their highest levels since October. Now, those are people who are saying I'm jobless and I want a job. But have you noticed how many times you've been to a fast food restaurant lately to find that there ain't nobody there? You know, the dining room is closed or they're closed because of work shortages or they're out of food because of a supply chain issue. How many help wanted desperately signs have you seen? Is that because we have 3.9% unemployment? All of those Americans are back to work? No. I mentioned earlier the gas average has risen almost a full dollar since a year ago. Well, oil has now hit an eight-year high. Last week, Senator Rand Paul issued the report on how the rising inflation is is affecting your household. At 7% and rising, we are now at a 40-year high. Hi, I want to show you this graph from that report shows exactly how it affects you from one year ago. You were paying 49 percent more for gas, 37 percent more for a used car, 6 percent more for electricity, 6 percent more for food. Have you tried doing anything? I'm I'm honestly for a month. I've been waiting for a sheet of plywood. Have you tried to do it? Mine's still on order. Lumber is insane, and I thought it was insane a couple of uh, years ago. Since September, the price of lumber has risen 45%. It is the highest gain since 1947, just a year after the World War. And these stats go on and on. And people like Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden seriously have the stones to stand in front of the country and say, you know what? I don't know what's causing this inflation, but we got to do more of what we're doing because that'll help. It's insulting. It's not going to cost you a dime. All this money, it's not going to. It's not costing you a dime. It's costing you $20 bills, $100 bills every week. The people who are responsible, and it is not just the administration. It is the largest corporations, our banks and the Federal Reserve. They don't care about you and your family. Make no mistake, they do not. Here's what they care about, their bottom line and them being secure for the future. 
The scariest thing about some of these numbers that I've been showing you is those are the official number. And the official numbers are not telling you the story that you should know because they've changed the way they measure inflation. You know, it's measured by the consumer price index, but government thought they should tweak it a little bit, you know, because you don't necessarily need all of those things. Okay, so what did they do? Well, let's go to shadowstats.com where you can see some true numbers. Let me show you two graphs. This is both the official inflation numbers from the government, the red line hovering around 7%, and the number based off the old methodology used in 1990 and then again in 1980. 12%, if it was 1990 and we were measuring the same kind of goods, it's 12% inflation. If we use the 1990, or sorry, the 1980, which you're comparing it now to Jimmy Carter and Ronald Reagan, it's 15% inflation. That means that the dark years of Jimmy Carter are not ahead of us. They're here right now, and we're at the beginning. This government is intentionally hiding this and many things from you. They're now doing this across the board. I just mentioned unemployment. Does it feel to you like we have 3.4% unemployment? Really? There's nobody to fill these jobs? Because if so, we should open the board. Well, we've already done that. We should do something else because there's a lot of jobs out there. So here's what happened. In 1994, the government changed the calculation of the unemployment rate. They decided that there's a lot of people out here who's been looking for a long time, and then they just get so depressed, they give up looking, so we should stop counting those people. Mm -hmm. Well, we're not counting those people or leaving them off because those people don't seem to exist that are looking for a job and can't find one. They're so frustrated um, and they're just disincentivized. They just can't do it. They can't do it. They're so bummed. Now, I know a buttload of people who are being incentivized to stay home. We're not sitting at 3.9% unemployment. We are sitting in about 25% unemployment. You've seen the work shortages just in fast food places. What happened to these people? If you look at the methodology from pre-1994, the way we've always calculated it, the current unemployment rate is 24.5%. So what do we have? We have high inflation, high unemployment, a limited amount of goods on the shelves due to the supply chain crisis. This is a recipe for disaster, especially if you have, as Milton Friedman says, too many dollars chasing too few goods. Inflation. Check out this graph of the money supply. Now, I'm going to go over this here in a second. This is also from Shadow Stats. In 2020, the official money supply exploded. All right. But this doesn't tell you the whole story. I mean, it looks bad all on its own. Yeah, but... That's that's zoomed out so far, and that's what they're telling you. Because of a FOIA request, we have just unlocked a story that no one will tell you. One that the Fed thought was so damaging that they had the government keep it secret for 10 years. What has the Fed been doing behind closed doors? Tonight, I'm going to show you the tidal wave. That hasn't even begun to come ashore. 
The Biden administration wants to continue spending trillions of dollars to reinvent capitalism. They are destroying it right now, right now. And it's intentional. They're they're wanting to spend trillions. And that's in addition to the trillions that have been pumped out by the Fed in the shadows. And I'm going to show all of it to you when we come back. um, I told you a minute ago that a year ago the interest rate was at 3%. Now it's at 4%. The Fed hasn't raised the interest rate on the banks yet. The banks just thought they should pass that along to you. So they're making an extra point um, every time. If you're looking for a mortgage or to refi or to get out of those high-interest credit cards and, and maybe do a consolidation loan, please don't go to the bank. Please Go to the people that I have trusted for a very long time. It's American financing. I've been in business with them for, I don't know, 10 or 15 years. In 10 minutes, you could well be on your way to a new level of financial freedom. American financing is a family-owned business. They're in it for you. They don't work for the banks. They don't take kickbacks from the bank. This is America's home for home loans. So refi your mortgage, consolidate your debt at a lower interest rate, or explore any other of the type of loans. They'll shoot straight with you. They'll do what's best for you and give you all of the information. No upfront or hidden fees. You could save hundreds, if not $1,000 a month. Find out now. Go to AmericanFinancing.net or call 906-2440. AmericanFinancing.net. All right, to truly understand how and why we're in the trouble that we're in, we need to look directly at the reason inflation is happening. Why do prices go up? If you are hardcore on the left, you're probably not worried about it. In fact, you're probably just pissed, you know, not for the right reasons or at the right people. But a big problem is that there are people like this giving stupid explainers. Watch. This isn't about inflation. This is about price gouging for these guys. So I... I get it. Uh, When we see prices go up, we're all concerned and the Republicans want to come in and just try to hammer on one theme about this economy. But we got to pay attention to the fact that folks like the oil companies say, I think it's just another opportunity to make profits. And we need to call them out on that. I just I don't know about you, but uh, she makes my heart beat fast every time. Just love her. Spoken like a true gender studies grad that just read a crayon book on economics, it is ridiculous. But also, it's hilarious. Uh, Because that's how the Biden administration is trying to explain why you can't afford anything anymore. Price gouging. Even Obama's top economist said, bullcrap. Actually, he said this. I think almost everything other than the Federal Reserve is a sideshow when it comes to the dynamics of inflation. Wow, I don't think I've ever said this uh, before about anybody in the Obama administration, but can it be true? He's right. I quoted Friedman earlier, and he has such a great way of explaining complex issues. <laughs> well, Milton, I'm holding your heart in my hand right now. Uh, he said a lot of things on uh, inflation. He said inflation is too many dollars chasing too few goods. But where do the dollars come from? The dollars are put into the system by the Federal Reserve. And since the left is now apparently using, you know, economic coloring books to get their information, I thought I would bring a balloon or two. Let's say the balloon is like your, um, your, your economy 
and the actual currency that you have out there. You have too little and you have deflation and it goes nowhere. So that's where the Fed comes in. The Fed, by the way, like you to meet my friend Elijah. He's my boss. Uh, And of course, uh, Jason, who I don't know what he does here. Go ahead and fill up. If you have too little, it's deflation. That's what they said they were worried about. Now, if you go, can you, yeah. Now, you can put all of that money supply out there, but if you put too much money supply out there, uh, something else happens. It pops, okay? That's what we're headed for. But the Fed is so good at getting things just right. Yeah, you just cut that for me. Um, here, Elijah, this is for you. The, the Fed is so good at getting things just right that everybody's smiling uh, until the Fed comes and does that. And then your economy is up in the ceiling and you can't get it. So it's not corporate greed. Thank you, guys. It is not corporate greed. The left is trying to sell that to you because they also want to change capitalism. The rise in prices is a direct result of inflating the currency supply. They just haven't found the place where it's going to pop. But holy uh, holy cow, it is going to pop because the Fed has been on an absolute frenzy of inflating the money supply. I want to uh, first explain what the Fed is supposed to do. It is not a government agency. Okay, it has nothing to do with the government. It is a private corporation that is pretty much owned by 12 different banks all across the country. Okay, so Citi, J.P. Morgan Chase, Bank of New York, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, Chase. It's a secret group, so I don't know all of the rest of the banks. But what they do is the Fed says they're looking over their shoulder to make sure that they're all safe. Uh huh. Is that what they're doing? And they issue our money and they prevent bubbles or our balloons to pop and they fight inflation and deflation. Okay. They also give us money by brokering loans with other countries. So we sell them bonds that were just basically going, China, I'd like more, please. And then they fill up our plate, give it to the Fed. The Fed prints money, puts it in these banks. We go out and spend it. That's what the Fed's supposed to do. Okay. But right now, the Fed is very, very, very concerned of the stability of these banks. They need more regulations on. Have you ever met anybody who said, I want more regulation? Anybody? Ever? Anyone? Any company? This company, which is owned by these people, are saying, we need to put more regulations on these people because we're not sure if they're stable. They've made some bad decisions. What happened in 2008? These people gave people that we all knew shouldn't get a loan for a house. Then they just kept inflating, 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 inflating until nothing was worth anything because these people were also selling what were called derivatives. It's not worth your time. Just know it's insane. And they were selling them to each other. And these people looked at these people who are the same people And they went, that's shocking. That is awful. That's got to stop. More regulation run through us. How did they solve the problem? Well, this problem was solved last time because of you, the taxpayer. You did. Well, let me just show you. Remember TARP? That was so much fun. 
Let me just let me just show you this. This is this is uh, from their own reporting right now. Look at the 2008 financial crisis. It kicked off an unprecedented money printing sp spree. Okay, this is the amount of money in circulation and banking and savings accounts. Okay, now. I did this chalkboard a long time ago when I was at Fox and I showed you the money supply. And I remember it was a much bigger thing and it was up about where that bar is up there. I had to get into a, a little walk, you know what I mean? A little thing. In fact, do we have the clip? Play the clip. This is billions of dollars. This is how much money do we print and have in the system at any given time? Let me start at 1929. Show me the, here we go. 1929, here's the stock market crash, all right? Now, if you see, we just we were on the gold standard, so we couldn't print much more money. We had the stock market crash, but we didn't do all of the stuff that we're doing now, just printing money. Go ahead, step to the next thing. And we go up to 1941. That's the Great Depression. Still haven't pumped a lot of money into the system, because, again, on the gold standard. Then we have World War II, and we take this all the way to 1965. You'll see it comes up. We had two wars. We had World War II, and we also had the Korean War. In 1965, we were having the Vietnam War, but here's where it gets sticky, because we had all these wars, and... We tried to dogpile on with the great, uh, the great society. Well, how are we going to pay for all that? Well, 1971, Richard Nixon says, why don't we get rid of the gold standard? So that way, we can just print whatever we want. But we promise the rest of the world, oh, no, we'll never print too much. Really, we're good for it. I mean, look at our record here. We don't do that. Great society kicks in, and look what happens. Next point, please. Look how we've devalued our money. This is up until 2000 when we have the Y2K scare, where everybody's like, bury your food and grab your cash. The computers are going down. That's why the government put this little spike here. If you see that little spike, it goes up because they just dump a lot of cash into it, and then they bring it back in. They pull it back in. But it's difficult to pull things back in, especially when you have a horrible event like 9-11. Next stop is 9-11. You'll see it's just a little spike back up, just a little bit. Remember how everybody was freaked out that the world was coming to an end? Do your patriotic duty. Go spend. Go out there and, and get into the stock market. Well, we did. And then this is the kind of spending we get. As you see here, the federal bailout's just about to begin. We're in, let me get into my Al Gore machine. Oh, it's a real inconvenient truth now, isn't it, Al? Look at this hockey stick. This is the hockey stick that... Al Gore was talking about with the, you know, the woolly mammoth coming back or whatever the hell he's talking about. Here's where we were in September last year. But then the Treasury decided we need to start printing more money. This hockey sh stick should take your breath away. This is devaluing our money. You know, Al Gore said global warming is not a political issue, it's a moral one. Thomas Jefferson said doing this to our children is immoral and I agree with him we have pumped all of this money in and devalued our money how is it not going to be worthless this has never ever been done by anybody ever before well I don't know who that kid was but he was so right now that's what we thought they did but I want to show you how shady this really is the 2008 official bailout officially tarp which started the Tea Party because we were so outraged that the government would spend $700 billion on TARP. We thought that was crazy. Remember that number. $700 billion, your money, they just 
gave it to the banks. We were outraged. And then we had to spend another 750, you know, on infrastructure, 750 billion. So about 1.5 trillion dollars was spent just on these two programs. That was the Tea Party. Then the bank said, the Fed, well, all those banks, remember those banks we showed you, the 12? They aren't, they are struggling because they made some. So what we're going to do is we're going to take our own money, they print it, and we're just going to, we're going to buy all those bad assets for $3.5 trillion. So what they told us at the time that I recorded that was that they had injected five trillion dollars into the money supply okay that's what they told us here's the problem um that's a lie all of that is a lie okay the problem is again the official number it's not five trillion a little misleading the numbers have just been foiled by an independent group the Fed fought with them all the way to the Supreme Court. We were never supposed to know the truth. These are sealed for two years. But then, then after the two years, the Fed was like, no, we got to seal these for 10 years. OK, so we haven't known this since 2010. We had no access. These are the 2010 numbers they're just coming out with. We want to thank the Levy Economics Institute. They published these findings. They are the ones who got them released. Between 2008 and 2010, it wasn't this. No. No, they bailed things out a little differently. For instance, they gave Bank of America uh, $1.3 uh, trillion. Then Merrill Lynch, love Merrill Lynch, they got $1.9 trillion. Morgan Stanley, they got 2.0 trillion dollars and Citibank 2.5 trillion dollars now I'm not very good at math but I think those add up to more than this and actually no matter how bad of math I am I'm going to add up and show you what the real number is it's not five trillion $29 trillion, a little more than the official $5 trillion that we've all been force-fed. Now, if you think, you know, you're upset now, Citigroup got all of this, Merrill Lynch, all of it, okay? That's mad. That's maddening, right? But did you know that they inflated our money, which is causing your inflation, and they didn't just give it to the banks of the U.S. No, no, no. We were printing and loaning money out to banks all over the world. We gave billions to Scotland and to Germany and Switzerland and the U.K. and France and Belgium. We were never meant to know any of this. It was supposed to be a secret. At $2.5 trillion, the Fed effectively nationalized Citibank. It's also interesting, City, because City co-owns the New York Fed. Wait a minute. So it's like one hand reaching in, grabbing $2.5 trillion, putting it on the other hand, and that hand puts it into this pocket. That's what's happening. 
It's public-private partnerships all endorsed by the government. 21st century fascism with you paying the price. Now, this is horribly corrupt, but this is what they want for the entire system with the Great Reset. But now I've got some really bad news because this was just in 2010, okay? Uh, go this way. Uh, what's, what's really interesting here is what's happening lately. Because do you remember it was September 2019, before anything was going on with COVID, and I was on this program and I was like, hey, something's wrong. Because they're, they're loaning half a trillion dollars loaned to the banks per week. It started the first 24 hours, it was $50 billion. Hey, if banks are short, we'll, we'll loan you $50 billion. And you gotta pay it back within 24. And then it was, you can hold it for a week. And then it was three months. Now I don't even know if there's a time limit. It started at 50 billion, but the last I heard, we were doing 500 billion dollars a week. Okay, that that's was September. This before the coronavirus, and I said something big is coming. What is what's wrong here? Okay, well let me just let me just show you what's wrong. Because it, it, I mean, if you ever wondered any of that cash directed to foreign banks. Oh, the two-year threshold gone by, information just released. Um, and we know now where the Fed was sending all of this money. Um, let's go to 3.7. Uh, that went to our good friends in Japan. Don't you love that? 1.5 went to the UK. Uh, 1.4 went to, yeah, Germans. So we spent... We, we gave more. We gave more to the Japanese, the United Kingdom, and the Germany than we did our own system. Uh, I mean, officially. <laughs> officially. Unofficially. Not even close. We are not just collapsing our own system with this crap. We are spreading inflation on a global scale. Another prediction of mine from about 2007. The world will hate us. We have spent trillions and sent trillions to Japan. What's causing all this inflation? Ah, hello. We decided, hey, is anybody having a problem with inflation? Yep, Japan, two-year high. Um, you know, the 1.5 trillion to the UK. Highest inflation in 30 years, so they're on our track. Uh, and Germany? Oh, they, you know, Germans love inflation. Uh, thank you very much, Fed. They're up. 24%. Highest since World War II. Well, who was involved in World War II? <laughs> All of this predates any of the massive amounts of COVID relief spending. As of now, the official numbers for that are $10 trillion. But they're not reporting the lending from the Fed. Those numbers aren't going to be released for another two years. Wait for it. Maybe we won't even find out. Okay. But let's speculate. Let's just let's just use what we know they've been saying. We know they've been saying it was a trip first a half trillion. Now it's a trillion dollars a week that they were pumping into all of those banks. OK. So let's just do the math from April 2020 to now has been uh, 
95 weeks since April. So again, not good at math. That's $95 trillion. Now, I don't know if that number's true, but it no longer sounds crazy to me because they lied to us about $5 trillion, and we now know officially it was $30 trillion, and that was without the global pandemic. Modern monetary theory is happening right now. So what happens? Well, you remember that little thing where I got on the lift and we got up? That was about where that balloon is. Let me just show you how far we've taken it from there. Uh, go ahead, lift the, lift the bar up. It's just a little bit. We've inflated the money. If this were the graph that was showing you how much that hockey stick is going up, okay, it's going up a, a ways. Now, I can't show you the actual graph. Um, still got a ways to go. Wow, look at that up there, way up there, way past the lighting grid. That's now passing the third floor. We're headed towards the fourth floor of the studio. I, uh, well, I can't show you, you know, any, any, more, uh, any more of this hockey stick because the building is only four stories tall. But it's worse than this. Let me guess, see if I get the pattern right. First, they say. There's no inflation. Don't worry about it. Inflation? What inflation? Okay, there's a little inflation, but it's fine. It's transitory. Next, it'll be, holy crap, we have to control prices, fight all of this inflation, and change capitalism. And if that sounds crazy, the mainstream media is already proposing the question. A lot of this will sound overwhelming, almost like, almost like we're past the point of no return and nothing can pull us back from the abyss. But something can, and it's you. There is a solution, but you have to know the facts first. The answers lie in the year 1971. Let me show you some research quickly pulled by the people at the WTF. Happened 1971.com. WTF happened 1971.com. Start with inflation. Here it is. From 1913 to 1971, inflation relatively stable. Then, who would have guessed it? Go off the gold standard, 1971. Interesting year. Let's look at a few more. Consumer price index. 1775 through multiple wars, relatively stable. Then, huh, 1971, what happened? The left loves to talk about income inequality. Kind of like Janet Yellen said last week, the economy has never worked fairly for black Americans. In the 1960s, black income was on an amazing fast upward trajectory. But then, what happened? 1971, it flatlined. In fact, income inequality from 1940 until 1971 was flat. So what's so significant about the year 1971? It was the end of the gold standard. The Fed was created in 1930. They were given unlimited power in 1971. Before 71, government was forced to keep a balanced budget. Deficits were dealt with. Out of control spending was reined in. And you couldn't print and print and print and print. As I showed you earlier, they try to hide the true numbers from the rest of us. Meanwhile, inflation continues to rise. Our elected officials are scurrying around trying to convince us that it's no big deal. This is a balloon that is about to pop. And they're all doubling down on the printing and the spending. And they all have a build back better plan. It's a lie just like the numbers. 
And if America and the rest of the West follows them into that abyss, may God have mercy on our soul. If you are the same way I am, you like a good snack throughout the day. Uh, But I don't like healthy snacks. I mean, I have no cavities and I grew up in a bakery. Look, I'm a fat man just screaming to get out of this fat body. Anyway, um, Built Bar, it has actually helped me hold on to my New Year's resolution, which is to lose weight. And I've lost 12 pounds. Part of it is because Built Bar, they have 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs, 17 grams of protein. Give me a treat, 100% chocolate. At the end of the day, that's my treat. I love it. Get rid of all the snacks, get all the stuff, get rid of all the stuff that is bad for you and tastes crappy if it is good for you. And get a Built Bar. Built Bars are fantastic. I want you to go to Built.com right now. Use the promo code BEC15. Get your order 15% off. BEC15 is the promo code at Built.com. I want to bring in Carol Roth. She's a former Wall Street investment banker turned best-selling author, advocates for entrepreneurs, free markets. Uh, she has the book out, The War on Small Business. It is an absolute must-read. Carol, welcome to the program. Quickly that you know of, did I get any of the basic premise there wrong? I mean, I know you don't know the numbers, you didn't see the FOIA report, but... Right, right. right? Yeah, I mean, I think that you did a really nice job of explaining the issues that we're facing right now and that we will be facing as we move forward. Correct. And we're printing this money and giving it all over the world. That inflation is happening, and I, I fear that you know, politicians can say one thing, but the people, when the politicians get weak, go, well, it's America that they inflated their money and they're causing this inflation here. We'll be yeah. hated. We'll be hated and we will hate ourselves because it is a tax and it is a permanent tax. That doesn't go down when you have, you know, quote unquote, 7% inflation. You did a good job of explaining the fact that it's really much higher than that. And then it goes down, let's say, even to 5%. That's 5% incremental. That's on top of the 7% that you've already been inflated. So the value of every one of your dollars is worth less. You're able to purchase fewer goods and services. So what what can you do? That's what I asked, and you've put together a chart. So let's talk about these things. What can the average person do? Okay, so I think the first thing is really be long-term greedy and invest in assets. I mean, from my standpoint, you want to delay gratification, the expenses, so put off that trip that you might be taking, really kind of cull back your expenses as much as possible. An asset is something that you own, has some scarcity, so it will increase in value. So, right. Right. So, so it is is the opportunity to own something, have ownership in something, whether it be you know, tangible or not. It could be you own stock in a company where you don't actually tangibly own that company in your house, okay. but you own part of it. But you have the opportunity for it to increase in value. We're not talking about a potentially depreciating asset like your standard car, whichever year, except for now because they are so yeah, scarce. Yeah, I mean that's but, crazy. But in general, but, yeah. um, they're worth. You know, but less if you less uh, like bought a nineteen sixty five. Mustang, because I have a friend who just did and said, hey, somebody's always going to want that Mustang. That, that's an asset, but a regular car is not an asset. Right, so some, something that you're talking about, a collectible, which yeah. potentially has that ability to appreciate in value, but you can own a business, you can get stock in another business, you can invest in the market. Land? Own a home, yes, land, a home, your own home, um, one that you potentially rent out. So I want everybody to double down on asset ownership because the dollars that you're getting, as I said, 
those are, are decreasing in value, but the assets are inflating at the same time. There's this sort of inverse relationship. I can't get my arm around the housing prices because we are in a bubble. I mean, it, the Case-Shiller index is off, literally, historically, way off the charts, which tells us when you're in a bubble or not. Right. But I'm not sure how this one ends because... It's just going to keep going on. You have to remember after the Great Recession financial crisis that we didn't invest in housing. There was so much stock out there that Correct. the home builders didn't build additional houses. So in terms of the supply that's available, that is less than it normally would have okay. been because we're on the tail end of this crisis. Okay. All right. Yeah. So um, owning homes, uh, what else? Um, you've got uh, don't retire so, yeah, I mean, this is, I know everybody's looking forward to their retirement. It's going to be more and more expensive uh, to retire. And also just personally, it doesn't do a body good to sit around yeah. and not have anything to do. So you may want to change what it is that you're doing. And look, we have the best job market out there that you could possibly have as a job seeker. So maybe you're doing something different, but really push that out and, you know, think about continuing to add cash because you're going to need it. You know what I love? A rabbi told me once, you know, Hebrew is the is God's language and there is no word in Hebrew for retirement. <laughs> we weren't meant to That's retire. That's true. I, did, I didn't get that um, one from my bat mitzvah. <laughs> I think it's really important that we um, are living around like-minded people, that yes. we are. I talked to a guy who runs a chain of supermarkets up in Pennsylvania today. He just started doing local business with ranchers He's not buying his meat. He's having them. He's having them Amazing. cut. Yeah, and really good stuff. Making our communities stronger it's is huge. It's huge. Small business is decentralization, which is the only thing that pushes back against centralized power. American Express did a study. Every sixty or every dollar you spend, sixty-seven cents stays in your local community if you spend that locally. And then oh. you've talked about things like you know going to your local bank, which means that your local bank has more ability to loan out and make improvements to businesses yeah. in that. If they're community. local and they care, they're exactly they're loaning it and they keep the loan in house. Exactly. Then they care about the exactly. community. Exactly. Um, one one other thing. Um, Banks, you say it might be better to go to a credit union. I don't even really know what a credit union is. So a credit union is another depository institution. The difference is that they are a nonprofit um, and that they are owned by their members. So if you go in as a depositor, you become a member and you actually get a vote and a say in what they're doing. You want to make sure, and almost every credit union is like this, but ask the question, are they um, insured by NCUA? Which is the, which FDIC. Is the FDIC for credit unions. Okay. If so you get the same kind of insurance like you would uh, for for a bank. Uh, it's about I think it's two hundred and fifty thousand dollars per uh, account. I have had you on a podcast before, but I would like to spend another hour with you and talking <laughs> about this. Will you come and do another podcast? I with would me? love to. Yeah. Thank you so much for everything that you're doing. I I've said this to you off the air, and I mean it. I've looked for you for 15 years. Aww. Somebody who gets it and can break it down to the average person. Thank you. I appreciate Thank that. Thank you. Carol Roth, back in a minute. On Friday's program, President Trump is joining me. I wanted to talk to him specifically about Russia and Ukraine. I have several people who I believe are credible sources that believe that is happening. What are the consequences and what can be done? What should we be asking for? I think he reads uh, Putin 
certainly, certainly better than the people who are asleep at the switch now. Um, but we'll get his view on Friday's program. Thank you for watching. Please spread the news and go to glensnewbook.com and grab the Great Reset. Good night.